0: Hello and welcome back to the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and this is series 2, episode 147 of this podcast. Uh, We are now going to continue with our, or begin our Come Follow Me study for this week, I should say. Uh, We're in the week of May the 25th to May the 31st, which covers Mosiah 29 to Alma 4. They were steadfast and immovable. So, we'll begin with the first section in the personal scripture study, as we always do. Uh, It's called, I can be a positive influence in my community. Now, this is interesting because it spans two sections within this uh, part of the Come Follow Me week. Uh, We're beginning today, Mosiah 29 verses 11 to 27, and then tomorrow we'll move into Alma chapter 2 verses 1 to 7, because what happens here is we have the formation of the reign of the judges by King Mosiah, Uh, and then that. Um, kind of type of government or type of, um, you know, um, ruling within the Nephite community it takes into effect uh, with something that happens in Alma 2. Uh, so we'll begin with what this actually is. King Mosiah, once his sons reject the kingship, um, decides that it is best, or he decides it's best that they have a reign of judges rather than a set king, The idea being that there is a group of people uh, that are the main rulers in the Nephite country and that those rulers are influenced or can be selected uh, or, um, you know, upheld by the the Nephites themselves. And also the fact that if there is multiple judges, then there is less likely to be one individual who has complete um, power over the group. And of course, that individual, if they're righteous, that's fantastic. But if they are not uh, righteous, then it can have an impact. As Mosiah said in verse 13, therefore, if it were possible that you could have just men to be your kings who would establish the laws of God and judge this people according to his commandments, yea, if you could have men for your kings who would do even as my father Benjamin did for this people, I say unto you, if this could always be the case, then it would be experienced that you should always have kings to rule over you. So he admits that monarchy and kings and queens are not in themselves wholly bad. You know, if we have a righteous king, then, well, we know that the saviour will come and reign as king of kings. And so it's not a, um, although that's a theocracy, but we won't go into that. Um, but, you know, we um, we can accept that, you know, having a king isn't in itself a bad thing, but it has a lot of risk. Um, Lee L. Donaldson explained Quote, the Book of Mosiah's penetrating look into the characters of King Benjamin and King Noah illustrates a lesson on righteous and unrighteous uses of power and authority. A close look at the Book of Mosiah makes it obvious why Mosiah II would have selected these two kings to make this point. Benjamin is the type of righteous king, Noah the model of a wicked one. King Benjamin's purpose was to bring his people to Christ, while Noah led his people away from Christ. The great joy of Benjamin's people came from the teachings of their righteous king in Mosiah chapter 5, whereas the sore afflictions of Noah's reign were the fruits of his evil leadership, seen beginning in Mosiah chapter 12. Close quote. So the, the lesson is clear, you know, if, we, if you've been around for the past few weeks studying the book of Isaiah, Mosiah, uh, then you will have seen just the the impact that a, a righteous ruler and an, and an unrighteous ruler had uh, on the people. Um, verse 17, um, King Mosiah continues and says, For behold, how much iniquity doth one wicked king cause to be committed, yea, and what great destruction. He's referring to, of course, the, um, the capture of the people of King Limhi, who, of course, were suffering with the um, fallout of their own unrighteous choices because of how they'd been led by King Noah. So you know that is something which King Mosiah clearly has on his mind. Um, he also does point out that the king of the people of King Noah were you know delivered, but this is this is in verse twenty explained. But behold, he did deliver them because they did humble themselves before them, and because they cried mightily unto him, he did deliver them out of bondage. And thus doth the Lord work with His power in all cases among the children of men, extending the arm of mercy towards them that put their trust in Him. Um, Elder David A. Bednar explained just the, the great blessings and mercy of the Lord. Because remember, these people had been quite wicked. But once they humbled themselves and had turned back toward him, he was more than willing, he was there ready uh, to to pour out even more blessings upon them. Elder Bednar said, quote, We should not underestimate or overlook the power of the Lord's ten- tender mercies. The simpleness, the sweetness and the constancy of the tender mercies of the Lord will do much to fortify and protect us in the troubled times in which we do now and will yet live. When words cannot find that provide the solace we need or express the joy we feel, when it is simply futile to to attempt to explain that which is unexplainable, when logic and reason cannot yield adequate understanding about the injustices and iniquities of life, when mortal experience and evaluation are insufficient to produce a desired outcome, and when it seems that perhaps we are so totally alone, truly we are blessed by the tender mercies of the Lord and made mighty even unto the power of deliverance, close quote. Of course, uh, Elder Bednar, I'm not 100% sure what year he, get, he said this in, but it certainly was before 2020, and obviously we have experiences like the COVID-19 pandemic and all these other things that happen in the world. Uh, and so to look to the Lord for his tender mercies is, is a great blessing and a great comfort and peace for us. Um, so King Josiah continues and explains then that therefore they should choose judges by the voice of the people uh, and that then those laws will be upheld. And then he goes on to explain why this um this. Um, standard of ruling or this type of ruling is a safer option in the case of the Nephites from what they have seen from their history. He says in verse 26, now it is not common that, that the voice of the people desireth anything contrary to that which is right, but it is common for the lesser part of the people to desire that which is not right. Therefore, this shall ye observe and make it your law to do your business by the voice of the people. Um, you know, I think that, you um, King Mosiah has seen something here that his people had not seen previously. Now, what's interesting is that some critics of the Book of Mormon have made a case or argued that this is clearly the work of a 19th century American who is, you know, aware of the, uh, the, Declaration of Independence and the way that uh, the American government works, because it's very, they say it's very similar uh, to that, and that this kind of government government wouldn't be seen uh, in, you know, a Mesoamerican uh, civilization. And you could forgive them for, for making that case and saying, well, you know, that is a good point. But when you actually look into the research, it turns out that actually there was um, Kind of institutions that looked like this. There were councils and groups that uh, led um, civilizations of people in the Mesoamerican cultures. Also, the cult, the the reign, of the judges that we see in the Book of Mormon is not really what we see in the the free land of America uh, in in the nineteenth century that Joseph Smith was experiencing. Uh, it was a lot more uh, democratic. the The reign of the judges in the Nephites record, if you look, yes, Alma the Younger is um, kind of chosen by the voice of the people, Alma the Younger rules for a short time. Then as we'll see later in this week, he gives up this rule of chief judge so he could focus on his work as a high priest. And in verse 16 of Alma 4, uh, he selects a wise man among the elder of the churches and gave him power according to the voice of the people. Um, now this doesn't say that Nephi ha, who was the next chief judge after Alma the Younger, was selected by the people. It says that Halmer selected him as a wise man among the elders, and then the voice of the people sustained him, or, you know, gave him power. That sounds very much like a, a calling that you might have in the church, you know, where an individual is, is called by God, you know, is given that given that calling, and then the members sustain that person. So sure, the voice of the people is involved in that, but they're not voted, they are, you know, sustained. So already, you know, with the second uh, chief judge, we, we could argue that it's not completely chosen by the voice of the people. And then what happens from Nephi, how it's passed on from father to son, which is also interesting. Again, perhaps, you know, the voice of the people sustain that, but it very quickly turns into something that doesn't look like what uh, Joseph Smith would be experiencing in, in the uh, in the Americas, at, in, in his Americas at this time. So, you know, that, that argument kind of falls flat on its face. But in terms of the using of the um, the voice of the people, uh, it's interesting. Ellen Allen H. Oak said this, quote, On the subject of public discourse, we should all follow the gospel teachings to love our neighbor and avoid contention. Followers of Christ should be examples of civility. We should love all people, be good listeners and show concern for their sincere beliefs. Though we may disagree, we should not be disagreeable. Our stands and communications on controversial topics should not be contentious. We should be wise in explaining and pursuing our positions and in exercising our influence. In doing so, we ask that others not be offended by our sincere religious beliefs and the free exercise of our religion. We encourage all of us to practice the Saviour's Golden Rule. Whatsoever ye would do to men that, that men should do to you, ye do even so to them. Close quote. Um, you know, I like how this relates to what the manual says in the final paragraph of this section. It talks about how, you know, how can you, like the Nephites, make sure your voice is included in the voice of the people in places like the UK and in the USA and other, you know, major countries which, which are democratic, then obviously that is very easy. You can, have, you can vote, uh, you know, you can express your beliefs or your, your opinions uh, and various things like that. But if you live in a place where the voice of the people has limited influence, as the manual suggests, I like how it includes that as well. And it says, if so, are there other ways you can be a positive influence in your community? Everyone can help. Everyone can do good in, in the place in which they live. And, and use their voice that way. And so that is something we need to consider. Anyway, we're going to pause there uh, because we're well over the 10 minutes. But if there's anything that you've been studying, I'd love to hear it. You can email Session at gmail.com. Please join the Facebook group, Church of Jesus Christ Study Session with Come Follow Me. It'd be great to hear your thoughts and see you know what um, what you've been studying. And uh, yeah, please do. If you're interested in uh, having a, you know, a live um, study session with me, Uh, via Zoom or something like that, then uh, please just uh, email in those places or message me or you know, wherever you can contact me. It'd be interesting to hear if anyone is interested in that. Thank you for listening and until we meet again.